What's shaking, people? I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message for December 16th, 2020. Lots going on in the world. We're gonna bounce all over the place with the stories today. A little bit of, little bit of election stuff, Biden stuff, that sort of thing. A Little bit about some sellout Lincoln Project Republicans. Little bit about social justice. We'll mix some fun stuff in there. And before I get to any of that though, uh, I just wanna thank all of you who joined us for the Rubin Report Community Movie Night last night. We had an absolutely great time. So if, if you didn't join us, we watched V for Vendetta, which is just a spectacular movie uh, that is so relevant, like deeply, deeply relevant to everything that's going on in the world right now. The movie came out in 2000. Five, it's obviously the story of Guy Fawkes from way before that, but there's so many relevant points about a pandemic, about overreaching government, about bravery and how it's on you to fix things and, and ideas versus people. And you can kill people, but you can't kill ideas. It was just great. So we did a Netflix party, so we were live chatting with people, text chat during the movie, and then we did a huge group Zoom after where we had 100 people. I didn't realize we could only get 100 people in there, so we had 100 people all on video chatting afterwards, which was awesome. And we're gonna expand that so we can do more than 100 people, so I apologize if you weren't able to get in. We maxed out at 100, there was nothing we could do. And by the way, we in the Locals app, which uh, I hope most of you have at this point, uh, we are working on building out live video. We have live chat in there right now, but soon enough we won't be reliant on Zoom either. Uh, and just one more good note before we jump into it. Uh, yesterday was our biggest day of growth on rubinreport.com uh, since we relaunched the site and, and partnered up with locals and all that. Well, I guess not partnered up, I, I kind of built locals with some people, but uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, so lots of good things are happening and I'm feeling, I'm feeling good about the world. Uh, despite the craziness. Uh, before we get to all the stories though, guys, I wanna talk to you about GlintPay. You know, the holidays are coming. It's nine days away from Christmas. It is night six, night six or seven of Hanukkah right now. And uh, I hope you're, you're buying some gifts. I hope, I hope you got a couple bucks in your pocket and you're able to, to spread the love with family and friends. And if you are buying anything this holiday season, you can use your Glint card. It's a great way to get into the gold game as I've been talking about. You can buy and sell gold using their app and then you can make purchases using their MasterCard with either gold or US dollars. You can use it just like a credit card. It's pretty fantastic. Uh, the Glint card is issued by Sutton Bank, member FDIC, pursuant to license from MasterCard International. It's free to sign up, so go to glintpay.com slash Rubin for more information and to start purchasing gold today. That's glintpay.com slash Rubin to get your gold today. And now back to me, uh, you know, just one other thing on gold, you know, diversifying your, your Financial portfolio is obviously important, and if I'm not mistaken, I just saw that even today, Bitcoin just cracked 20 grand. I've, I've got a couple, a couple of Bitcoin just sitting around. I'm just going to sit on them for now. We'll, we'll see what happens. But it's good to see people are kind of thinking about things a little bit, a little bit differently these days. Okay, so let's talk about the election. Uh, as I've been saying to you guys, I get that uh, according to the way the system works at the moment, that Joe Biden is the is the president-elect. He has an office of the president-elect, and this morning he was talking about the wonderfully diverse cabinet, the most diverse cabinet that he's putting out there. Obviously his buddy Barack Obama was a racist bigot and a homophobe and a transphobe and the rest of it uh, and didn't do any of those things. So Joe is a better man than 
Barack Obama and apparently got 16.1 million more votes than Barack Obama, that utter failure. Hope and change, guess it didn't work. Um, well, Joe Biden, uh, who again, I guess is the president-elect, there's still some things working through the courts. Sidney Powell's still working on the Dominion stuff. We shall see. That's what I've said from the beginning and that's what I will continue to say until it's all over at the end. And at the end, if we get to January 20th and Biden is sworn in, I am a loyal American citizen and uh, I will be, I will accept that we have a guy in office that I'm not really into and that is, you know, the leader of the party that has all the horrific ideas that I've been fighting against for five years, but I'll accept it. And you know what? I won't burn down a, par a target. That's my commitment to you. If Joe Biden is president on January 20th, I won't burn down a Target, I won't burn down a Pep Boys, and I won't burn down a Best Buy. That is my commitment to you as an American citizen. That's the type of goodness that we bring here at the Rubin Report. Uh, but let's back up for just a second because I saw this video on Twitter yesterday and it's pretty interesting because right now, we're basically being told by mainstream media that you can't talk about voter fraud, right? Absolutely nothing happened. There was no issue with mail-in ballots. There's no issue with the Dominion software. There's no issue with people flipping votes. There's no issue with the mail-in stuff. There's no issue anywhere. All the signed affidavits, forget all that. Okay, blah, blah, blah. We can't even talk about it. And if you talk about it, you're basically framed as if, as if you're crazy, you're Alex Jones, you're a conspiracy theorist, you're a deplorable, you're a bad guy, and the rest of it. Well, you're not gonna believe this, guys, but this video popped up from 2007, and here's Joe Biden in 2007, 13 years ago when he was running for president. So if you don't remember, he actually ran for president against Barack Obama way back in 2007 as a, as a Democrat, and then he didn't make it very far. He was in a couple, a couple debates, and I kind of liked him at the time, actually. I thought he was more of like a bit of a centrist Democrat. Uh, but here's Joe Biden back in 2007 talking about voter fraud. Now, the second piece you're talking about, which is what people usually mean by election reform, how are you going to keep it from us being able to be in a position where you can manipulate the machines, manipulate the records? The one way to do that is, I think we should pass a federal law mandating that the same machines with paper trails be mandatory for every federal election. That will be a multi-billion dollar bill for the states because the states will have to make a choice then. They will have to make a choice whether or not they have two machines. We can't mandate, as you know, state elections. We can't tell the state of Delaware or Ohio or Texas what machines and what method they use to vote in their state elections, but we can do it federally. So in a nutshell, I think we should be mandating, mandating that we have a paper ballot with a standardized machine, standardized uh, requirements. Well, you heard it there first, Joe Biden, 2007, mandating standardized machines with a paper trail. Oddly, if you were to even say that now, you would be told that you're a nut, uh, you're, you're a nut job, you're a nut bag. I was gonna say nut job and nut bag. You'd be told that you were either a nut job or a nut bag, okay? Uh, this, this is a problem because we all know, every one of us knows that we should have sort of basic requirements for our voting integrity, right? A paper trail would be a good idea. Making sure we have secure software would be a good idea. I don't even believe, by the way, that there's anything that would leave us with a perfect system. You guys know how I feel about that. I don't think you can build perfect systems. I think humans are, are fallible and can only build fallible things, but you can build things that are certainly better than the things that we've got. But we're now not even allowed to talk about that 
in 2020 without being told that we're conspiracy theorists. Of course, if you're a conspiracy theorist, you, you might find this video interesting. This is just days before the election in uh, 2020 when Joe Biden told us about the voter fraud organization that he was leading. Secondly, we're in a situation where we have put together and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. What, what now? The most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics? I'm glad it's inclusive. It's one thing to be extensive, like we're doing an extensive voter fraud situation, but it should also be inclusive. You know what I mean? Let's make sure we've got a couple lesbians with limps and people with lazy eyes and uh, you know, a couple, couple trans people with big feet. If, you, if you've got that, then we're inclusive, we're good to go. Now, obviously he just mangled what he was saying there, or you know, one of the side effects uh, of dementia, of cognitive problems, is that you start accidentally saying what the truth is because your, your systems basically are breaking down. The walls that would allow you to lie are basically breaking down in your mind. And everything he says is this muddled mess. When he's reading on the prompter, it's a muddled mess. He can somehow sometimes kind of get it and then go with it, but he, he mumbles through most of it. And when he's actually going off the cuff like that, he's telling you about the largest voter fraud organization in American history. And it's inclusive, people. Uh, look, obviously it's, it's just a, a fumbling of, of words there, which is a problem unto itself, but let's put that aside for a second. The point is that in 2007, this guy was, was saying the truth, the stuff that we know. Um, I, I'm not even totally convinced you need a federal law that would say that every state has to do it exactly the same way. I'm not even totally sure of that, but I think that, that there maybe could be some basic federal guidelines. And by the way, we have some of this stuff, but the simple fact is on November 3rd of this year, I walked into a polling place in Los Angeles. I did not show my ID. I told them my address. It was actually my old address and my, and my name. And then I went to vote. I could have literally gone back hours later and said that I was my neighbor because I know his name and his address. And the idea that the system isn't being taken advantage of, and by the way, I've heard many, many versions of this, but the idea that you don't even need an ID to vote in some states is truly crazy. The only way that you would be for not having IDs be mandated to vote would be if you want to rig the system, right? That, that is it. Do you believe, do you, person watching this right now, do you believe you should have to have an ID to get on a plane? I do. I do, I think, and by the way, you do, right? You do, to get past TSA and then you show your, your little QR code and do, 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 do. You have to have an ID to buy a beer, okay? You have to have an ID when you go to a bar. We used to go to bars back in the day, I'm old school. Now you just sit at home and drink alone, depressed in the basement. Um, but the idea is that if we have IDs to do some things, if this is our greatest civic duty, if this is the thing that democracy hinges on, then perhaps we should have to have IDs. And I do wanna just say one other thing because I think this shows a little bit of the sexism of mainstream media. If you look at Joe Biden in 2007 versus Joe Biden now, it, it is very obvious that he's had at least a facelift. He's got a ton of Botox and fillers and the rest of it. You know, He's got these crazy lines up here because they pulled the face back. He's got hair plugs and the rest of it. I don't care about any of that and I don't begrudge anyone doing whatever the hell they wanna do, I really don't. 
But when I saw that video, it did strike me, because it's like, if he was a woman, people would be talking about this all the time. Everyone would be joking about it, everyone would be mocking it and everything else. But somehow, with a man, it gets weird, like you can't really talk about it. But he's done, he's done some weird stuff to his, his face. It's just, uh, just ain't right. But also the voter fraud thing, so anyway. Uh, all right, let's talk about Built Bar, people. Are you looking for a new protein bar that tastes like a candy bar? I know you are. Well, I've, ju I've got just the brand for you, and I've got several of them right here, people. Built Bars are super tasty and come in 18 amazing flavors. I've got raspberry here, I've got cookies and cream, I've got coconut almond, and I've got banana bread, all right? My personal favorite, as you guys know, is the cookies and cream. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, include both nut and nut-free flavors, and are soft and easy to chew. With the holidays just around the corner, it's easy to slip up, which is why Built Bars are the perfect alternative to pie for the health-conscious guy. I can actually lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code RUBIN and you'll get 20% off your first order. Use promo code RUBIN for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Good for bars Built Go or Built Boost. And now back to me. All right, so the second story I wanted to talk to you about, it's, it's sort of election related, uh, is about this GOP strategist, this longtime Republican strategist. You may know his name if you're in the political mix, but you may not if you're just a good, decent human being who isn't obsessed with this stuff, but this is an interesting story. Longtime GOP strategist Steve Schmidt has announced that he's registering as a Democrat. Now, if you don't know Steve Schmidt, he was the co-founder of Project Lincoln, and Project Lincoln was a bunch of these never-Trump Republican losers who basically are all Democrats. They're, they're just all Democrats. And I, I wanna say something here. I get that a lot of people don't like Trump. I had all sorts of reservations about Trump for a long time that I expressed on this show and the tweeting and the way he speaks, and okay, fine. So I understand that you could be a Republican or you could be a Democrat and not like Trump. Obviously, and I also believe that we live in a free country where you should make whatever choice you think is best for you and your family and the rest of it. But these, these odd, never Trump conservatives, they created this thing called Lincoln Project. They got a ton of money, okay? A ton of money, and this guy's one of the co-founders. They poured a ton of money into all these races, and if I'm not mistaken, every race that they poured money into uh, down ticket in this last election, they lost, which is pretty fantastic. So they just piss away money. These people, they make money, you know, it's a nonprofit Lincoln project, but one of the things that people don't understand about nonprofits is you can obviously pay your employees. So these guys make a shit ton of money, okay? They, they screw up everything, they harm the Republicans, they don't even win their races. And now this clown has decided that he's a Democrat. It's also very obvious because it's one thing, say, 20 years ago, 20, 30 years ago, if you said, I'm a Republican, but I don't like what's going on with the Republicans, I'm a Democrat. Well, at that time, the parties had some sort of commonalities, right? Like they were, you know, obviously, if you're Republican, it's a little more, it's a little more right, let's say. I was using this hand, but it's a little more right. Maybe it's a little more for states' rights, hopefully some lower taxes, stuff like that. And if you're left, you're a little more for big government. You want the government to do more things, federal government, okay. But, the, but they, there was a sort of belief like, oh, we both believe in the system. We both believe that America is good. We believe in the founding of our nation as a fundamentally positive thing. Where now it's very obvious that on the left, that concept has been completely decimated. So it's very strange to me that an adult 
could go from being a Republican, despite the frustrations that you might have with Mitch McConnell, with Donald Trump, with the, the fact that the Republicans don't really do anything, right? They had a ton of time to do something about big tech. They did jack shit. So I get it, I get it. I'm not telling you these people are great. I happen to really like Ted Cruz. I happen to like Rand Paul, but I'm not telling you these people are all great. But the idea that you'd go, okay, I'm, I have a, this basic set of beliefs, which I assume includes being pro-life and, and a bunch of other things that are thought of as conservative values. And now I'm gonna move as an adult to the democratic position, which now is basically, let's destroy the system, big government for everything, let's raise taxes, nine month abortions, like the series of crazy things that the Democrats have now become. It just doesn't make sense to me as an adult. You know, one of the things people talk about, what's the line, I think, is it from Chamberlain about uh, if you're in your 20s, and you're not a liberal, you don't have a heart, and if you're in your 30s and you're conservative, you don't have a brain. It's something like that, that as time goes by, you should, you be, in essence, should become more conservative because you realize there were good things before you. The idea that people go the other way, especially as we're watching the left go off the deep end, seems very bizarre to me. But we're gonna read a quote from Steve Schmidt himself, well-paid and well-fed Steve Schmidt. He says, I spent 29 years as a Republican. I've spent two and a half as an independent. And later this afternoon, I will register as a member of the Democratic Party. Because in America today, it's, the, it's only the Democratic Party, which is the oldest political party in the world that stands for the ideas and the ideals of American liberty. I mean, that's such bananas horse poop that I don't even know where to start with that. The Democratic Party stands for the ideas and ideals of American liberty, that's crazy. There, there's nothing about liberty or freedom or states' rights or personal responsibility or defending the First Amendment or the Second Amendment or the Fourth Amendment as we have lockdowns uh, that has anything to do with the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party stands for giant government, period. Giant government and we're all racists and this country was founded on evil. And if you thought Joe Biden was the guy that was gonna stop that thing, I got another thing coming. I just watched a video this morning where uh, Pete Buttigieg is gonna be the transportation secretary. He has no expertise in this, as I said yesterday, but he is gay, so that's spectacular. At least he got the, the road guy is gay. That's very important. Um, but he's talking about systemic racism in roads. These people are children LARPing as adults. If you don't know what LARPing is, Google it. There's a lot of funny videos of people LARPing, but that's what they are. They are children LARPing as adults who know what they're doing. Uh, but this Steve Schmidt guy, the real reason I know him is because for years I watched the Bill Maher show and I'd still love to chat with Bill Maher because I think Bill Maher is basically a good liberal. He's lost it a little bit with Trump derangement syndrome. I know that the producers of his show watch my show all the time and then repeat a lot of the stuff that I say on, on his show and I know that I'm talked about in the meetings. I have my ways. Um, but Schmidt goes on Bill Maher all the time. And one of the things that happens to these Republicans that suddenly say, oh, I'm a good guy. I'm a Democrat. I'm leaving the Republican. Well, what happens? You get on TV like nobody's business. You'll be on Bill Maher and MSNBC and NBC and ABC and CBS. They'll put you on everything and CNN. You're a good guy now. Sure, we said you were evil and awful and horrific and Hitler a couple of years ago. I mean, look, look at Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney is now a hero of the left, right? Because he's an anti-Trump Republican. Because the, the Trump Republicans, for whatever flaws they may have, at least they can get it up. But the, uh, these other guys are just a bunch of flaccid losers. I mean, that really is just how it is. I, I see it no other way. But, but Schmidt goes on Bill Maher all the time. Uh, let's take a look at Schmidt on Bill Maher when he was a Republican, I suppose, or I guess he maybe was an independent at this point, but he was running something called Lincoln Project, which was for never Trump Republicans, uh, 2018. 
I hear this all the time, that because Trump's numbers within the party are so high, it's because the actual number of Republicans are going down. And it always makes me want to ask you, how many Steve Schmitz are out there? How many people in the Republican Party, or who used to be, who are now switching? I think it's a very significant number, and I think you're going to see college-educated Republican women in these swing districts deliver the blue wave for the Democrats, because I think there are many, many people have left. But, but the future of the National Republican Party looks exactly like the future of the California GOP, which, for the first time in history of the two parties in any state, the Republican Party in this state is now a third party. It's smaller than the decline of state registrations. When you look at the anathema uh, uh, that, that, that millennials feel towards the Republican Party, you look at uh, African Americans, brown people, you look at just demographically the country, and you consider that when people imprint on a political party, generationally, at 18 years' age, they remain faithful to that party, really, for their lifetimes, for, for decades and decades and decades. So the Republican Party Sometimes. has a huge, huge, huge problem demographically, and it's going to continue to shrink. But as it gets shrinker, as it, as it shrinks, it gets smaller, just like the California Republican Party has, it will become crazier. Okay, so you can see there, he, he kind of is rooting for the failure of the Republicans. I don't even want to get lost in what he said. I thought the line from Bill Maher was so interesting there, though, because Bill Maher goes, how many Steve Schmitz are there? The implication being, oh, you're a good pet Republican, and if there were only more of you who would always lose and who would never fight for what you believe in and who would always behave more like us, well, then we'd put you on TV more. I mean, that really is what this all boils down to. But again, the the... Big idea here, the main point of this thing, is that this ain't 30 years ago. This ain't, oh, you know, I've decided I don't like Bob Dole, so I'm gonna vote for Bill Clinton, something like that, right? Like, they kind of both believe in the fundamental principles of America and that this thing is pretty good. This is now, in effect, like, oh, I don't like Trump, so, and he says mean things, even though he put conservative judges on and defended the pro-life position and blah, 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 blah. Uh, which, by the way, I'm pro-choice. I mean, you guys know that, and I get a lot of shit for it. So I'm not even saying that all these ideas are the better ideas, but the point is that, that if you're, as an adult, if you're now moving that way, it strikes me as some sort of brain damage, but maybe they'll look into that. Maybe it's a s symptom of coronavirus, I don't know. Uh, all right, let's talk about uh, title lock before I jump into the third story. Uh, you know, I got a crash course in home title theft a couple days ago, I talked to the title lock guys, and you better pray that this never happens to you because it can ruin you financially. Here's basically what happens. The legal titles to our home are kept online where they can be hacked. We've all got a, a title to our home. A cyber thief finds your home's title, forges your signature, on a quit claim deed stating that you sold your home to him. Then he takes out loans against your home until your equity is gone. You won't know until that collection call starts pouring in. You're not protected by insurance, your bank, or common identity theft programs. Home Title Lock protects you, and in the unlikely event you become a victim of title theft while a member, Home Title Lock will spend up to a quarter million dollars in legal fees to help restore your home's title. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim. Then use code RUBIN for 30 free days of protection. That's code Ruben. No, they're telling me code radio. All right, let's use code radio. Why not, people? They trust me. All right. Go to hometitlelock.com and use code radio 
And uh, now back to me. There we go. All right, that's pretty good. I thought it was Code Rubin, but we're going with Code Radio. Fair enough. And we are a podcast. That is a form of audio medium, which is uh, commonly thought of as radio. Uh, okay, let's do segment three here. Uh, this one almost had me punching somebody yesterday. I almost punched the dog when I read this story. It's an odd thing. It's like I'm sitting next to the dog and I felt like I needed to punch somebody, but I don't hit my dog. But this one could have got me there uh, because it's so ridiculous. The New York City Teachers Union, which is basically just a mafia organization at this point, has p passed a Black Lives Matter at school resolution. Uh, let's go directly to the quote from the United Federation of Teachers. Black villages, we are committed to disrupting the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another and especially our children to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. Uh, okay. I wanna be very clear about this. I don't like you people, and uh, we are working at having kids, okay? And you will never have anything to do with my children. I don't live in New York City, but this, this cancer, this perverse parasite of social justice and this Black Lives Matter nonsense is spreading into all of our public education. And when I saw this story yesterday, uh, the first thing that I tweeted out was, if you have the means, you now must, it is on you as a free thinking person, if, if you have any, desire to, to continue living as a free human, uh, you gotta get your kids out of public school now. You gotta get them out now because if you think this is gonna sit and only happen in, in New York City, this is gonna happen everywhere. Some of the language in there is just horrible. They're not our children. They're not our children. I'm, I'm nobody's parent yet. When I become a parent, that will be my child. The idea that we have these collective children is, uh, is deeply scary and also destroy the nuclear family. You know, this is the type of stuff that some people on the right were talking about years ago, the attack on the family, right? And they were told that they were bigots and racists and all of these, and the usual stuff. And what has happened as, has, as happens in almost every occasion now, they've been proven right. There is a plan by Black Lives Matters, which is a self-described Marxist organization to destroy the nuclear family, meaning a, a mom, a dad, and some kids. Now, I would like to expand the definition of that, meaning I don't care if you have two fathers or two mothers and it's a loving family and all of those things, and I'm happy to have that conversation with my more conservative friends who mostly agree with me, by the way, on that. Uh, but putting that part aside, the idea of the family structure, the idea of the family structure, and when I was on tour with Jordan, this was one of the things, Jordan Peterson, of course, this was one of the things that he talked about a lot, that the family structure, that you have two parents and they come together to create a parental unit that then can teach sort of the, the history of the world, the values, give purpose to children, hopefully, hopefully take some of the stuff that they've learned from their parents and the generations before them and hand it down. That, that's a very intrinsic part of, of living a full life. Um, the idea that they wanna destroy that and then say, oh, but your children, they're kinda not your children, they're kinda our children and we're gonna teach them some different stuff in schools. I mean, we're seeing the fruits of this because we know that this stuff has been being taught on college campuses for a long time. By the way, I get emails from people all the time now that their kids are being indoctrinated with this nonsense in high schools and the idea that they'll push it down even further and before you know it, they'll be teaching it in freaking kindergarten. It, there is an assault. I, I don't know how to describe it any other way, guys. There is an 
absolute assault on everything that is good and everything that is American right now. No institution is, is, is immune from this, okay? No institution has the force field that can stand up to this thing. And, you know, as I said in the movie night last night, um, the Calvary isn't coming. The, the Calvary isn't coming. You're the Calvary. You're the people that have to stand up in your own way to defend some of this stuff. Because otherwise, you're literally going to send your children to public school and then a, a mafia organization, which is the New York City Teachers Union, which doesn't even want to teach anymore. I mean, in effect, they don't even want to teach. They want children to sit at home on Zoom all the time, and it's no way for children to learn. I've talked to a lot of my friends who are parents. I talked to my 10-year-old nephew. I mean, these poor kids, they're just sitting. My 10-year-old nephew actually said to me the other day uh, that he has a headache at the end of the day from staring at screens all day long. I mean, I play video games with this kid all day, so it's not like he doesn't like looking at screens. Okay, not all day, but we, we try to play a little NBA jam uh, every couple days. So the point is, we have this New York City teachers union, which is now injecting the worst ideas. So it's up to you. Do you want your children to be taught by the worst ideas? I guess you can, in which case send them to public school. But by the way, what do the Democrats also want? The Democrats don't want school choice, right? They hate, they hate the idea of charter schools. Elizabeth Warren was always fighting against charter schools. Bernie doesn't like charter schools. AOC doesn't like charter schools. You know why they don't like charter schools? Because they want mass indoctrination centers. You know why they want free college for everybody? It's not because they like free stuff. It's not because they, well, they like free stuff, but it's not because they like free education, meaning get a broad education where you might learn to think. What would be the best place to send everybody if you wanted to indoctrinate people? Well, you'd send them to colleges, state-run colleges for free so that they all come out as brainwashed Marxist socialists. That's what you'd actually do. And that's what they care about. So they don't, so while they send their own children, Elizabeth Warren, who's worth millions and millions of dollars and also pretend that she was an Indian at that job thing, you all know about that, right? Um, but she's not a racist, Trump's the racist. Uh, these people, they, they send their own children to private school, Gavin Newsom, own children in private school, virtually all of these people these rich elitists who we've somehow let govern over us, they send their own children to private school, but you and your children, you pathetic peon, you guys should be indoctrinated by the nonsense that we're filtering in. Lordy, lordy, we got work to do. Okay, people, got a long day. I think I'm on Hannity tonight. I got a couple Newsmax things over the next couple days. Uh, you can watch part two of my interview with Abigail Schreier, which is out right now. The full interview is already up at Ruben Report. Dot com. And then my last interview of the year will be next week with Adam Carolla. I felt like he was like the right guy to talk to because he's one of the, the few people, you know, I have a short list of the, the people that make sense. And he's in California, which is a very short pe list of people that make sense uh, that live in California. Most of them live in my house, actually. Uh, so Adam Carolla will be my last interview for the year. And then we're going to wrap up the year uh, with some best of stuff, some best of interviews that I did on other people's shows and some of the, some of the best interviews I did. And then uh, next week, I'm heading to the Turning Point Student Action Summit. Uh, and we're gonna, we're gonna post that speech. It'll be my first public speech in literally a year. It was, I haven't done a public speech in front of an audience since last year at the very same event, because that was in December. And then in January, I didn't have any speaking gigs. And then the, the, I was away in February for a little bit, and then, and then the lockdowns began. So I'm super psyched to get out there and, and speak in front of people again. I can't wait for that. So we're gonna post that, and then I'm gonna try to grab some of the other people there and maybe do a couple quick backstage interviews, that kind of thing. Anyway, have a great day, everybody. Keep fighting. What, what else are you gonna do, right? Okay, see you tomorrow.